everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And you know what? It's about a month until the season gets started, so I mean, I guess we'll start previewing this football team. Uh, yeah, I'm, I just really don't know what to expect at all, so I'm kind of ready to, to uh, BS my way through this. Yeah, you know, I guess that's a... actually more fair. I mean, the, the excitement's kind of actually at an all-time high. Maybe not all-time, but recent high after some mediocre skip alt seasons and so i'm really excited to see what's going to happen out there uh come that missouri opener but you know i have no idea what to expect right now none of us do yeah so let's go ahead and start to try to predict it <laughs> well it's yeah, kind of wild just the amount of like turnover that we've had both coaching staff i mean the coaching staff is basically entirely new um the offense i mean do we even have a quarterback from last year on the roster? I don't know. Nope. I guess we'll get into that. Yeah, we do not. And that's probably a good way to go ahead and get started. What we would do in the past would be kind of go over the newcomers on the team. It's probably the first uh, preview that we do for football in the offseason. But since so much of the team is new, it kind of makes more sense just to talk about who's back um, in relation to who's joining the team. So uh, we'll kind of go position by position for a little bit. Uh, through the offense kind of mention some names that you may have heard of that are coming back and maybe some that you will hear of uh, this upcoming year and we can start with quarterbacks because it's a pretty easy answer to who's coming back nobody not a single quarterback that was on this roster last year is returned for the 2022 season yeah I had a bunch of transfers out you know JD head um, Aaron Allen transferred out um, uh, what's his name um, I only remember what Matt Luke calls Anthony. him yeah, Luke Anthony transferred out, walked on at Baylor, I think. So, yeah, I mean, with that being said, I mean, we have some quarterbacks, right? We do have some quarterbacks. First up is the guy who followed Coach Kami from Texas Tech, Parker McNeil. He'll be a redshirt senior, sorry. And Matthew Downing from TCU, who may have also worked with uh, Sonny Kambi when he was uh, on staff there, a redshirt junior. Those are the two guys that we'll probably have to pick between to be our starting quarterback week one. But that's not really where the excitement in this quarterback room is, isn't it, Evan? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, we all remember on this show being uh, on the edge of our seat, seeing if Landry Liddy would remain committed to Tech after Skip left and uh, Sonny Cumbie came in. Had of some course, late, interest, late interest, too, from some... Yeah, and, uh, you know, he... he, uh, he Took it took us down to the wire there with his little selection show or whatever you want to call it where you know they put the hat on, but the second the live stream started, there's LaTeX balloons <laughs> everywhere. So they kind of botched the delivery of that, but it was good news for us anyway. So uh yeah, really exciting. Landry Liddy, um, you know, he he was able to get in for spring camp too, so he's got a little bit of extra time um in the system. And so you know, he's a true freshman this year and there's some older guys, but not much experience ahead of him. So who knows? Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, this this quarterback room, I mean, there's an article. I think it I think it's a free article on Blue Tech Blue. So I think we're allowed to talk about it. But those those two guys you mentioned, Downing and McNeil, you know, Ben over at Blue Tech Blue is saying that it looks like the race will be between those two guys, obviously, with more experience um, being in college football. But Downing has only attempted 44 passes in his career, uh, 282 yards, one touchdown and one pick. Uh, McNeil has only thrown two passes in his FBS career, uh, but was a junior college All-American at Navarro Junior College in 2019. And I believe um, Tech's 
offensive coordinator this year came from Navarro JC. I could be wrong though. Yeah, there's sure. There'll be quite a few of those. I think this is the truth because again, there's been so much turnover. It's kind of hard to keep track of sometimes. Um, yeah. One quarterback that was in the transfer portal that we did not get. Not that really, this is what we'll be doing in this episode, but I just kind of had to shout this out. Jack Abraham transferred again, by the way. <laughs> did he transfer to Mizzou? He transferred to Mizzou. Yeah. He will be yeah. a possibility. He's being talked about one of their options for starting week oh one. Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. Can we get a meek back for one game? Oh my <laughs> God. Please, Mr. NCAA. We just need one week of eligibility. Was he, he was in Mississippi State, wasn't he? Yep. And Southern Miss before that. Jeez, man. I he keeps cannot... following us around, whoever we're playing. He wants Nick, to be on that you, team. When did you graduate from tech? 2017. Uh, so Jack Abraham was, I believe, in his sophomore year of college when you graduated. I think. Maybe just his freshman year, but. This guy is, is still playing. I think this is his seventh year of playing college football. I don't understand how. I mean, COVID year, injury year. Yeah, yeah, COVID year, then he got a, a medical redshirt maybe twice. Uh, and maybe Jeez, he man. had already redshirted his freshman, his true freshman year. I don't know. It's wild. I know, that, I know Texas Tech had an offensive lineman that had an eighth year of eligibility, uh, which Jesus. is two tours of college. Yeah. I mean, eight years in college, 26 years old. I knew some guys old. in band that were in their eighth year of college, but that's <laughs> there's no eligibility well, rules there. <laughs> just Oh, boy. Yeah, well, Jack Abraham, fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, running backs. Uh, here's one where it's kind of reversed. We have some guys returning and not really any newcomers onto the team. Greg Gardner, the retro senior, Keon Henry Brooks, the junior, and Harlan Dixon, the sophomore, are all returning for the Bulldogs. This is one of the places we're also missing some production because the leading rusher from a year ago is off the team yeah um god i can't remember that guy's name marcus williams jr i had to look it up that's why i paused so long right there yeah marcus williams uh the transfer from app state last season you know led the team and uh and of course he's gone had a senior season there was supposed to be a four-star incoming freshman i think but i haven't heard anything about him since like february when he committed so I don't know what's going. I don't even remember that guy's name. That tells you how prepared we are to talk <laughs> about football. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as the guys we have, I mean, I think we're all excited about what Harlan Dixon might be able to do. I mean, you got two Slido High grads on this podcast right now, so yeah, so. Um, always down for some for some Tiger to Bulldog uh, connection there. And Greg Gardner has shown pretty good, you know power back instincts as sort of a, a third down guy you know a guy that can come off the bench but i don't know you know he might be an every down back and then i think keon henry brooks didn't really show his like full potential last season and i'm excited to see him maybe get some more touches this year yeah that's kind of where i stand too it, a, a rebuilding year who really knows but it's nice that if you have a bunch of new quarterbacks at least you have some running backs that know the system well, I guess they don't know the system because it's a new coach too. Never mind. But at least some <laughs> sort of consistency on this team where you don't find a lot of it elsewhere. Yeah. Receiving is another place where we return quite a few players. Smoke Harris, Trey Harris, uh, text leading two receivers from a year ago, both returned the retro junior and sophomore respectively. Praise Okery, the retro senior Griffin a bear. Who's now listed as a tight end on the roster because, uh, uh Sonny Cumbie knows where that button is on his keyboard to list a player as tight end. Uh, Kyle Maxwell, the redshirt sophomore. Uh, Maxwell didn't really have that much of an impact last year, but I wanted to include him on this list because his longest catch a year ago was 32 yards. He had a throw for 33 yards. Nice. 
So we have another quarterback option, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, I think the most exciting guys on this list are the 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 Harris, not brothers. I don't think they're related, but uh, Smoke Harris, um, you know, I'm really excited to see what he might do in more of a pass heavy offense, you know, especially since we're hearing, you know, kind of comparisons to the 2012 season and the sort of quick passing game of that sort of air raid approach um, coming back. I mean, Smoke Harris, obviously very, very good in the short passing game, sort of those screen pass looks. Uh, Trey Harris should be a great wide receiver on the outside. We did lose Bub Means to the transfer portal. Um, also, if you Google Bub Means, it tells the first result. It says, what does Bub mean? And it says male friend. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of Bub is slang for male friend. Uh, so you guys are all my Bubs, I guess. Um, nice. Anyway, Bub Means has transferred out to Pittsburgh. Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, after the after the two Harris brothers, I'm not quite sold on the others. You know, Griffin Abair will I, always. I, that's who I'm her. excited for is Griffin Abair, uh, because of that move to tight end. I'm curious to see what Sonny Cumbie does. He showed off in flashes and then kind of got lost in that wide receiver room. Um, I'm kind of expecting a resurgence from him this year. Yeah, I will always remember um, him fondly for beating Southern Miss uh, by getting his the the back of Flip his cleat down. barely inbound. Shout out to Yellow Shirt Guy, the AD of, of Southern Miss, uh, for not being in the way of that camera shot. But yeah, I, I think we have a couple of incoming wide receivers that might be uh, worth mentioning here too, right, Nathan? Yeah, so we have a freshman from Landry Walker High School, Cyrus Allen, but probably more notably... LSU transfer, the junior Devonta Lee. Yeah. And LSU transfer is always going to be someone we want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, at, at LSU, he appeared in 34 games. So, I mean, it's not like he's like buried in the depth chart or anything, right? He he didn't, you know, he wasn't like the flashiest um, stat guy, but, you know, he, he appeared in 34 games across those three seasons. Last year in his junior year, he had nine receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, and played a lot of special teams as well. So seems like a pretty tough kid, you know, won a national championship. So that's not bad to bring into your locker room, you know, just that, that kind of experience of being around a winning group after last year, uh, might, might be nice to have, um, yeah, four-star guy out of high school. So, you know, this is, this is uh, a kid who can really, really play. Number six recruit in the state of Louisiana that year as well. So yeah, I, and recruiting rankings don't mean a lot once you get a few years in, but the talent's there and can this offense bring it out of him? And the guys who will hopefully buy enough time for Lee to run downfield will be the offensive linemen. And this was kind of a sore subject last year. Uh, we Yikes. returned some of those guys, Abraham Delphin, uh -huh. the senior Joshua Moat, another senior and Dakota white, the sophomore are names that you may have heard uh, for good and for bad last year. Uh, but we got bad. some transfers in, which hopefully will provide some immediate support. Well, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, the guys you just mentioned, I don't think were the huge problems. Um, you know, I think Josh Mode is very, very good as a guard. Um, and it's great to have that level of experience. Uh, Delphin should be should be sliding in at center. And, you know, I'm just kind of going off of my memory here. So forgive me if I'm wrong. I think what we what we lacked last year was two tackles who could get the job done. And I think Dakota White is pretty good and it's good to have him coming back. So Hopefully one of these incoming transfers can uh, can, you know, make an immediate impact, especially at that tackle position, um, because that was that's kind of been our issue really since the 2020 season has been protecting the quarterback um, and having enough time to, you know, set anything up. Right. 
Yeah. So who are those guys? Those guys are Landon Nelson, a transfer from Iowa Western Community College. He'll be a sophomore this upcoming year. Brett Canis, also following Sonny Cumbie from Texas Tech. He's a redshirt freshman. And Isaac Ellis, the redshirt junior out of Memphis. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you got to reload a little bit, you know, especially on this offensive line. So glad to see Cumbie out there getting some um, some transfers coming in. They, they are they are needed. Um, so this offensive unit as a whole, we've just kind of run through very quickly. What are our expectations for how they will do in general? Do we think this will be a more fun team to watch than previous years? Whether or not they score more points, will it be more fun at least? Or do we think that this team actually finds something magic in their first year experience? Altogether? No, not, no, not at all. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to believe that they'll be the worst team in the conference uh, or the best yeah. team. Tech, tech was picked ninth by the CUSA media out of 11, by the way. Right. Um, and I don't see Tech being the ninth worst, uh, being the close to the, the worst team in the conference. Uh, I don't really know how anyone could gauge how good or bad uh, the team's going to be. There are some returning players, but with a whole new coaching staff and uh, questions at quarterback, I don't know how anyone can gauge how good or bad the team's going to be. I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a strong five and seven. So, I mean, uh, just offensively, last year, Tech averaged, let's see, uh, 384 yards per game. That was 77th in the nation, um, which is actually kind of surprising to me that we were that good. I remember we're, what, six points away from a winning record? Yeah, Jesus. Three that's, and a, nine, that's, though. that's a fun statistic. <laughs> yeah. What year are we talking about again? Or I thought I thought we were talking about 2021, not 2017. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, right. So last year, yeah, Tech was 77th in total offense, 106th in rushing. So that was a big problem last year, uh, only averaging 121 yards per game. Uh, passing offense was actually 35th. So that's like a lot better than I would have guessed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, but scoring, I think is the thing that tech fans will, will be most disappointed with 28 points per game, uh, 69th, um, overall. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you guys think? I mean, like you said, Matt, it's almost impossible to gauge, but just using those as a benchmark, are you expecting higher or lower than sort of, you know, 77th overall in yardage and 69th overall in scoring? Cumbie, Cumbie comes from this philosophy, this air raid philosophy and, We've had there there have been inferences made by BTB and some other places that have gone to some of the some of the practices that there is an awful lot of passing the ball. Everyone here likes that. Uh, Every, I mean, we, everyone <laughs> likes that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> everyone likes that. Uh, our GTPDD satellite member Daniel Adams uh, always likes to make reference to the high octane offense quote oft used on BBB ten years ago, but. That's that. That's what makes the game so entertaining. So I expect a lot of passing, but I'm not sure how successful that will <laughs> that the team will be. Yeah. But it, I will say, this is almost entirely this this vagueness or uncertainty about how well our offense is going to be is centered around the vagueness at quarterback. There's not a clear even even whoever it ends up being. There's not a ton of experience there. So whoever's going to end up being the starter, it's going to be new to them too. So, But when you have Trey Harris, Smoke Harris, Griffin Hebert, and a pretty good 
you know, backfield, I, th- I think Gardner's a great running back and uh, it, there's little trips about Dixon. So there's a lot of weapons, but how good is the quarterback? Right. And it's not going to be something that we're even going to be able to gauge after Mizzou or the second or third game. So yeah, yeah, if that's I, if I have to re- the, to answer your question, do I, I I guess I'm answering it. I, I'm kind of reframing it in my own way, but I expect there to be a lot of passing. How successful will it be? I don't have no idea. Um, but I I expect there there will be struggles. Uh, maybe find their footing a little bit later in the season, but I. And I know this wasn't the question, uh, or we're not really predicting a final record for the season, but I feel pretty good. I obviously I don't feel great about going five and seven, but I feel good in my assumption that uh, five and seven is a pretty good bet on how many games we'll win and lose. Well, I mean, before we get there, we can talk about the defense for a second. But yeah, in terms of yeah. offense, I think the numbers may not may look around the same, uh, just because I think we had to pass a lot because we had to make up for less than stellar defense and, and at times running game. So we ended up with inflated offensive numbers that didn't really quite match the actual team's talent. Um, so I think rankings wise, we're not going to be like a top 20 offense or anything like that, but like reverse knock on wood or whatever that would be. But uh, I think that we will be a solid offense that is at least more fun to watch in this first year. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm hoping for is just more fun to watch than the last two years specifically have been, you know, just at times being like, like baffled at what we're trying to accomplish, you know, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Matt, you are absolutely right that it all hinges on which one of these guys is going to be the quarterback. And, you know, I think one of the two like older guys is going to start the season. But, you know, if you look at these first four games, Mizzou, Stephen F. Austin, Clemson, South Alabama, three of those games being on the road. And you can guess which three they are. Yeah. Uh, if we're one and three at that break, I mean, do you give Landry Liddy a, a shot and just see what he can do against UTEP to start out, you know, on, on, uh, on my wedding day, October 8th, my, <laughs> my sort of wedding day. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we really don't know a lot about the team, even though there are a lot of weapons returning, like you mentioned, Matt, but you know, I, I couldn't tell you Parker McNeil, Matthew Downing. I don't know anything about these guys. Right. So that's, my the, thing, guess, nobody, that's the thing. Nobody does. Uh, my, my guess is probably McNeil's going to be the guy just judging by his like junior college career. And like, I, <laughs> I guess I should verify that he played under our offensive coordinator before I pick him as the starter. But uh, you know, obviously fall camp, at the time we're recording this um, has not started yet. So we'll learn some more about the team once, uh, once that gets started. But, you know, I think it all hinges on that quarterback play and, you know, I'm, I'm just expecting more fun. And so I'm going to expect more points per game out of the offense than 28. So I'm hoping for, you know, 35, 36 points per game. And, you know, maybe the defense lets us down and, and we still go five and seven or worse. (laughs) Right. But, uh, just let me have fun on offense so I can have fun like half the time, you know, it'll be all the time. We'll turn every team that we play into Clark Memorial college and we'll win a hundred. Yeah. Whatever uh, the fuck happened to Clark Memorial college. I, we looked hey, them up at one time. I think they closed down a while they went, back. They, they closed down after tech beat them a hundred and nothing. And then yes. waited several decades. Yes. <laughs> yes. Plausible. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move over to defense. The defensive line have quite a few returners coming back to Sean Hall, Michael Clark, Tristan Allen, and Kiwi Rose. Tristan Allen's the only senior among that group. The rest are sophomores or juniors. 
we were supposed to get another transfer in from Texas Tech. Uh, ambassador Mbanasaur. Mbanasaur. I think it's like Mbanasaur. Mbanasaur. Uh, sounds like a dinosaur. It does sound like a dinosaur. Uh, probably too dangerous to be allowed. Uh, he uh, transferred into the program and then back out after 10 practices. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 cool, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he didn't like Rustin, I guess. I don't know. Cool, bro. Um, yeah, it, yeah. But we have two other guys that have made their way to the team and have stayed so far. Zion Nason from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. He's a redshirt senior. And Omar Sims transferring from what will be a conference mate next year, Jacksonville State. He is a sophomore, so he'll be able to face off against his former school, the Gamecocks. Yeah, we'll see if that if that version of CUSA ever actually exists. I'll be a little surprised. But uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about these transfers, to be real honest. I mean, it's good to get some experience in uh, in the senior coming in from community college. Um, Kiwi Rose is a big old boy, 301 pounds. So I think he's kind of a, a nose tackle type player, a sort of a center defensive lineman. Um, I remember, I remember signing like when we signed Michael Clark, but you know, I, I don't know that there's a name in this group that gets me super excited. The, the bell brothers transferred out. Um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of waiting, wait and see on this defensive line. Yeah. The linebackers feel like a little bit more of a question mark because at least as of right now, I didn't see any transfers into the program on the roster page. Uh, but we do have two returning guys who made quite an impact a year ago and Tyler Grubbs, the sophomore now. So he's still got some time left. To, he could break some tackle records if he keeps it up. And Mackie Carabin, who's a redshirt sophomore as well. So a young linebacking core. This is a place I kind of expected to transfer, to be honest. There is one transfer, I guess, that we did get in, and that's Kalen Vin- Villanueva uh, wearing number oh. zero in all his promo shots. So uh, I'm guessing that the roster page on the tech website has not been updated in a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, there's some other guys on the on the, um, yeah, the we don't depth really chart. Have three but, linebackers on the team, but yeah, um, but you know, not a lot of like experience, right? I mean, even like Mackie Carabin, I I don't really remember playing a ton. I think he did, but he he didn't have the impact of like a Grubbs, right? But yeah. I mean, I recognize the name Kyrie Morg- Morrison. There's a couple of freshmen that that you know might come in and uh, redshirt freshmen like Taz Marshall. Um, uh, uh, I think Cedric Calhoun is his name. So, um, you know, there's a couple guys that may may come in and, uh, you know, have an impact that really haven't in the past other than maybe on special teams. But, yeah, a little bit of a question mark there in that second level of the defense. Yeah, and in that secondary, uh, we have returning B.J. Williamson. That's a pretty big get back. A redshirt junior, Jaden Cole, a redshirt senior, and Cedric Woods, the sophomore. Uh, adding to the squad, we have two junior transfers from Stephen F. Austin, Willie Roberts and Miles Brooks. Yeah, and we definitely, I remember this, we got the defensive coordinator from Stephen F. Austin. I, I believe yeah. his name is Scott Power, uh, which is a really cool name for a defensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, it's hard to forget that one. Yeah, that's exciting to get those two guys. I think in the past few weeks, too, we've gotten a few more defensive back transfers. Um, the, the transfer wire has been going kind of crazy, both in baseball and in football lately. So I'm kind of, my head is just spinning a little bit from all this. And, and of course, you know, if, if you want, you know, actual info, like about what's going on in the program, like you gotta be on these bleed tech blue forums, to be honest, like that, that's where, <laughs> that's where you get all this info from. So, I mean, you know, if, like I said, I I'm pretty sure there's been some more 
defensive yeah, back transfer. Transfer. Eric Randall is another one. Yeah. So I, I don't really know much about those guys. Again, fall camp starts uh, starts August third. So by the time this episode comes out, it'll be uh, it'll be about to about to start. So yeah, actually this this episode might come out the day it starts, right, or the day before. So yeah, Wednesday, August third. Yeah. So anyway, secondary guys though. I think it's, you know, BJ Williamson is good, right? Jaden Cole yeah. has been good. Cedric Woods has been very good. He, he kind of had a down year last year from what I remember. Uh, but shoring those guys up with some juniors, uh, two guys who I believe were starting at SFA, who we play, by the way, in week two. So maybe a little yeah. bit of a revenge game for them for us stealing their entire defense. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do about it? They can't play defense anymore. Yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks really on the whole defensive side of the ball and who's going to step up and, you know, sort of be that next uh, NFL caliber guy here because we've had several in the past, you know, five, six years. So, yeah. So defensively, that w- this was kind of an issue last year, kind of across the board. The defense wasn't able to lock down any team. Um, and I feel like that's what contributed to our so many close losses down the stretch was just even if the offense was able to put us ahead, the defense just wasn't able to close the door. Uh, with the additions that we have, even though we did lose some as well, do you see this team being any better on defense this year? Well, just to set your benchmark again, total defense was 106th with 434 yards allowed, uh, 87th in rush defense, 117th in pass defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, oof. Scoring defense was tied for 114th, allowing 34 points per game. Ah, man, it it's hard. It's so hard to say. There's a lot of transfers. The whole defensive staff is new. I just I don't know what the philosophy is going to be of this team. And you know, I think the last time we had this offensive minded of a coach is fresh in my mind. Right, 2012, the defense was worst. The offense was best. And I don't know if that's fair to this current staff to to think that way, but I almost feel like the defense is going to be worse than those, you know, sub 100 numbers. And I just hope that the offense is exciting enough to, uh, to make up for it. But, um, you know, I I think there's a lot to be seen in these first four out of conference games are going to be huge for just getting the group together. So hopefully by conference time, they'll have some things figured out. Yeah. So one last position group, Kingers punters, uh, we currently have five of them on the team, by the way. Uh, but the wow. names to know, uh, Jacob Barnes is returning as a retro sophomore. Austin McCready is another retro sophomore that uh, has yet to really have any playing time. Uh, was thought to be an option at punter, but Patrick Ray from Australia is kind of seen as the punter right now, I believe. Um, I am offended that you did not mention um, Buck Buchanan, sir. That's fair. Uh, who is a, I believe he's a kicker slash punter, um, who he posted on Twitter, uh, a little while ago, him kicking off of a, you know, one of those, one of those kicking tees, uh, field goals from 60 and then 70 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was back in May. He posted that. So, I mean, obviously not in game action there, but that's, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention him you know buck buchanan that's a name too so i think uh that'll be interesting to watch as well you know just who of the five kickers slash punters uh actually gets to play and maybe maybe we trot them all out there by the end of the season he's not actually listed on the roster page but he has a player page 
that you should check out because of his player profile picture is is great. You you need to see this. Oh yeah, I mean look at this kid. How can you not cheer for this kid? Yeah, so I think that actually makes it six kickers on the team now. Um, because oh, because you weren't even counting this guy. Yeah, because he wasn't listed. He was ranked as the eighth best kicker in the country by 247sports.com. Chose Tech over SMU, Air Force, and Yale. There we go. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay. All right. This kid's name is Buck Buchanan, and he owns his own business making custom duck calls. (laughs) He was destined. He was destined to play for Louisiana Tech. I mean, yeah, maybe this is all just a ploy for him to get in with Phil Robertson on the Duck Dynasty bullshit. Duck Dynasty, the next generation. (laughs) <laughs> he's gonna no hang it all show actually works but he's gonna hang it yeah he's gonna hang it up as a senior and let the next guy take over for him who's gonna be an nfl super bowl winner and hall of famer um yeah. and then he's gonna take over anyway yeah so i mean that's that's i feel like one of the stronger units of this team is the kicking and punting which is kind of sad but very weird <laughs> yeah at, at minimum very weird uh, but yeah, so Matt said earlier, five and seven is what he predicted this team all together to put together. I know oh, it's a hard year to try to oh, figure God. out. I don't want to go game by game. We'll save that for the actual preview we do in a few weeks. But just kind of based off of what this team, what you think they're able to put together, what is your record prediction oh, right now? Man, I mean, just not not even really thinking about it, not thinking like game to game, head to head, who I think is going to win. I mean, we went three and nine last year with uh, it feels like uh, I don't know if a more talented roster is is the right wording, but just the more like a roster that I had fewer question marks about, Uh, you know, a roster that that arguably should have beaten Mississippi State on the road to to open up the season or not open up the season. Or was it? Yes. Yeah. To open up the season. Yeah. I, I mean, and a roster that should have beat SMU, right? It's just, oh man, it it's really it's really rough to go from that three and nine where it's like we went three and nine, but we arguably should have started the season four and zero, oh, right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> how does that work? You know, and what am I supposed to make of next year when that's what happened last year? Uh, I don't know. I think Sonny Cumbie seems like a a good coach, and we'll see. Um, I think my expectations for this year are four and eight, five and seven, uh, and I hope for better, but you know, if I, if I set my expectations low, I can't be disappointed. Right. Yeah. Well, too bad. I'm fully prepared to be disappointed. We're going bowling this year, six and six, seven or six, something along those lines. Um, Clemson's an automatic loss, but we'll beat Missouri and we'll beat UAB at the end of the year. And I don't really care about the rest, but we'll go six and six at least and end up in the, let's say the Bahamas bowl. Okay. All right. Are are you funding me to go to the Bahamas? Is that what you're? Uh, I'll fund me to go to the Bahamas. Damn. Well, it was worth a shot, guys. Yeah. Uh, it, Bahamas trip on Nathan. Um. Anyway, yeah, but only uh, for Nathan. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean, I I just and I guess we'll talk about this, but I'm really excited. You know, we're gonna go. Uh, we're all going to Missouri. We're going. We're meeting up with Matt. Um, and Josh now lives in Kansas City, so we'll have four members of GTPDD at this game. Uh, shit, maybe Jeremy's gonna come. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, Thursday night. I, I'm just, you know, even if we lose, like, I don't know, 35 to 24, 35 to 17, whatever. Like at Mizzou, I'm just so excited to like 
see what this team's going to look like, you know, like it's been so long since that. And the situation going from Dykes to Holtz was just so different in that, like we had our great year Dykes left on the sort of, you know, he, he rode that whirlwind out of town and left us with, you know, 38 seniors graduating or whatever. And this year is so different because we have talent returning and we have a new, like, totally new system, totally new coaching staff, a lot of new faces in the locker room. You know, it, I'm just so excited to, like, see it on the field at, you know, at, uh, what is their field called? Faroe Field? Yeah. At Memorial Stadium in Columbia, Missouri. So, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, hopefully it won't be as sad as the last time I watched a Tech game in a Columbia because that one, that one hurt a lot. But, uh... Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other teams that play in a Columbia. Hmm. Navy could play a game at uh, RFK Stadium before it gets demolished, and they'll play in District of Columbia. There you go. Um, That's all I got. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just exciting times, like in a in a weirdly different way, right? We, we don't, I don't have expectations of like nine and three and restarting the bowl streak, but you know, it's just fun to to get to watch this new staff come together and you know, hopefully build something for themselves, but also kind of get back to the successes we've been having the past decade and go beyond those successes, I hope, but not expecting that this year. Yeah. So I think that is about it for this episode. We're recording this a week early, so we won't be able to do a tweet of the week, uh, but that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where there's probably hasn't been a new post up, but there's a new shirt up in the, sh- <laughs> in the shop, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And guess what? You'll know what it is before I do. <laughs> in this moment, in this moment are you about to no reveal idea. it to me extra early? Or um, no, Here's the thing. Have- I've spent hours trying to make a Noble Tree shirt work, and I've about thrown my laptop in frustration because it's just, I don't think it can be done. Anyway, I'm thinking out loud because I just don't know right now. Yeah, gtbdd.dog slash shop where you can get whatever the shirt is. I'm sure it's great. Uh, and until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Oh boy. Yeah, well Jack Abraham, fuck you. Yeah. Hopefully we will. No, that's that's not the Whoa. right way to say that. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs>